0: This episode is brought to you by Somavedic. Somavedic frequency therapy devices reliably mitigate the unwanted influences of EMF radiation from Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and cell phones in our homes, schools, and workplaces. The technology creates a 360-degree protection field of 100 feet in all directions by administering controlled release of energy from precious and semi-precious stones. The devices also support the body's natural regeneration processes, allowing for better sleep, energy levels and hydration while reducing stress and anxiety. So check out somavedic.com and start feeling the benefits today. Hello, health optimization friends. I'm your host, Claudia from Böselager, and welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, where I invite pioneers and thought leaders in all things longevity and lifestyle to give you the strategies, tools, and practices to live better and reach your highest potential. If you're ready to learn all about how to optimize your health, the brain-gut connection, empowering yourself to be at your best, testing, and precision medicine, this episode is for you. I'm joined today by Raywin Guerrero, a leading authority on preventative health, anti-aging, brain health, and mental well-being. Please enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Longevity and Lifestyle podcast, Raywin. I am so excited to have you on today, and especially the beautiful background you have there, making me very jealous of the ocean. How are you? I'm doing well. It feels really good to wake up in sunlight after 20 years of not having sunlight in the UK. <laughs> You've had such an amazing contrast, right? But I want to start with your beautiful accent that you have, Raywin. Can you tell my audience where exactly this wonderful accent comes from? Well, thank you. The accent's from Trinidad. So I was born in
2: Trinidad, which is an island in the Caribbean, very close to Venezuela. You could actually swim to Venezuela if you wanted to. Um, We can see it from when you wake up and look over the mountains. But then I moved to the UK when I was 22, right after my 22nd birthday and I lived there in London until it's kind of off and on until about 2017 and sort of going back and forth so I built my business going back and forth off my laptop from 2017 when I left my corporate job
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah it's quite neutral but every now and then you can pick up on this beautiful sort of island feeling which I just adore (laughs) (laughs) so Raymond what I'd love to kick off with is why in your view is aging optional?
2: Oh my gosh, I love this question. What a wonderful way to begin because everything that you do is either building your body up or breaking your body down as simple as that. Like if we had to really bring it down to anything. So that means that you have the power to be in control of what's going on with you and that there's so many amazing tools right now, being alive in the 21st century that can help you understand what's going on with your unique biochemistry. So we can check telomerase length. You can check these things and look at, and there are ways to learn how to reverse aging through just one of those types of tests. There are all these other tests that look at oxidative stress and we can see how that's affecting the body and then look at how we can reverse that as well. Cause then you're like, oh, I know what my baseline is. And now I know what I got to work backwards from, right? Mm -hmm. So there are lots of wonderful new labs that can help you do that. And then that helps you modify different lifestyle factors. Right. So if you see like, okay, I've got a lot of oxidative stress or I've tested my gut and I can see that, you know, it's leaky and I'm not absorbing nutrients and I can look at, well, maybe I can get infusions temporarily or I can fix what's going on in my gut. So everything that we can do now through the the beauty of this functional or a holistic preventative approach Mm -hmm. means that we can actually turn back the clock on many instances. I think, was it you who did it recently and you were able to see that your chronological, your biological yeah, your biological age was actually you know. going backwards. You were like 35 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah no, so 40 and now it's gone down to 26. So I've increased the gap from 11 years to 14 years and I want to get down... To 20, and then keep it there till I'm 120 or 150. So let's see.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you look amazing. So, (laughs) and people, when I tell them that I'm over 40, I'm 43, you're just,
1: they're they're like 23, I'd believe you too.
2: (laughs) They're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I said, I'm doing all the things that I tell other people to do. I'm walking my talk, right? Like, I'm moving, I'm rebounding, I'm getting my lymph going, I'm dry brushing, I'm taking my supplements, I'm making sure my gut's working well, I'm testing every six months. And I do that. I test every six months. I run like five labs that I always want to check that everything's going okay with. My, what are with they? Me. So I like looking at my gut because I've always had gut problems. I've been on multiple courses of antibiotics since I was very little. And by the time I hit my thirties, I had full blown IBS and a whole bunch of other yucky things that came along with it. So I'm always looking at how can I optimize it because it has always been a source of a lot of my woes, right? So gut health testing is one thing. Organic acids is another. I want to see what my antioxidant capacity is like, how my mitochondria are functioning. The other thing is my hair
1: tissue mineral analysis. Like I'm in love with that one. And that's a really I haven't simple tried that test. One yet. Yeah, I've heard yeah. great things though. Can you walk through sort of the process of that and what results you get?
2: You've got nice long hair. You go from the back of the nape of your neck, from the root, you get about a tablespoonful of hair. I know it sounds like a lot, right? But you take from different places, right? So you get a tablespoon full of hair. Yeah. You don't pull it. You cut it because people are like, can I just pull it out? And I'm like, no, you go and you cut it and you fill up your tablespoon and you send it back to the lab. And then they tell you things about like your minerals, right? So like, are you dumping calcium, for example, because when we're under a lot of stress and people who've experienced a lot of trauma, and believe it or not, a lot of my vegan clients are not absorbing calcium. It's all ending up in their soft tissue. So mm-hmm. they end up with a lot of joint pain and So it tells us weird things like that. It also tells you about the presence of heavy metals. Like do you have arsenic, mercury, aluminium, those sorts of things that can have like really detrimental effects on your absorption of nutrients, as well as as like fostering like certain microorganisms thrive in these sort of toxic environments. So like candida and mercury, they tend Mm -hmm. to go hand in hand. So if you're eating a lot of fish or like deep sea fish, you might be mercury toxic and then you might have problems with candida. But the thing is, it's all about like balancing minerals as well, and then opening up detox pathways. So the lack of being able to detox effectively is probably one of the number one things that I see in my practice. I see women who probably only go to the bathroom once a couple of days, every three or four days, some people once a week, and they have to need, they need a laxative to do that. They're not sweating enough. They're not exercising or moving enough probably because they are tired and burnt out, but they're not getting that sort of, they're not going to saunas. So like the three P's is what we call it. So they're not peeing, they're not pooping, they're not perspiring. So you're not clearing toxins out of you. So you're sort of sitting in your toxic soup a lot. And then that can lead to this buildup of all these other undesirable, you know, heavy metals, bugs. So I like doing these tests because they tell me like, are my detox pathways working well? Like, am I holding on to anything that shouldn't be there? And then- There's a Dutch hormone test and it also looks at your cortisol. Yeah, which is also useful to know like, am I living in harmony? Are my hormones, are they balanced as well? Mm -hmm. So there are these for women,
1: right? I mean, it's so essential to see what levels you're on and if you need HRT, because I think a lot of people don't realize how from when perimenopause actually starts and how much you can age if your hormones are off, right? Yes. And you know, people start looking at their hormones after there's already a problem, but I'm Mm -hmm. trying to catch you
2: before there is a problem. So you start learning like. Okay, is my estrogen in check? Is my progesterone in check? Is my DHEA? And we look at different things and metabolites. And it's a very simple urine test. So, pretty much everything that we're doing here doesn't require blood work. It's stuff that you can do at home, it's kits that you order, they get sent to your house. You do it in the comfort of your home. The only one that requires blood work is actually a food sensitivity test. And that's usually a finger prick test. In the US, there's a lab that I like people to actually go to and get it. But if I've got clients in the UK, that isn't an option. So we use a fingerprint test at home. Mm-hmm. And those sensitivities change over time, depending on what's going on with your gut. So you might be sensitive this month to, I don't know, blueberries, let's say, and random things too, because people are like, oh, I'm eating really healthy. I'm like, yes, but why is your gut leaky? Like when we run the gut test, we see it's leaky. And if you're eating that well, and you're avoiding all the things that we know would cause a leaky gut, then why do you have a leaky gut? And usually we can see that food sensitivities play a big part in that. So if you remove some of the trigger foods and it doesn't have to
1: be forever, it's just until we heal up the lining of the gut, then you can return to some of those things. I think that's so essential as well, because some people assume that then if they get what they consider almost like a death sentence of a food sensitivity, they can't have it for life. And I think Mm -hmm. one analogy of it is just like, if your body is so inflamed because of stress and other factors course you're going to be so much more sensitive to things and it's like retest in six months or if you know if you do that detox program so i love Mm -hmm. what you were saying there because typically they tend to go away not always but i think people shouldn't be scared to actually do the test in the first place because they don't want to know because they don't want to have to cut it out for life but knowing that it's not for life that it's just for a time i think Mm -hmm. is really helpful and then you're helping your body as well right so Absolutely. And you know, what's important for people that I would love your listeners to
2: understand is that there is a huge difference between a sensitivity and an allergy, Mm -hmm. right? So a sensitivity is something that is acquired. And as you mentioned, you use that wonderful word or terrible word inflammation, the more inflamed you are, the more sensitive you're going to be. And what we have seen is that people, as they start getting older, and they start losing enzymes, and you start to acquire more and more sensitivities, because as we get older, our digestive capacity does change, just like our hormones change. So we lose the ability to break down foods as we get older. So that's why older people tend to be a little more windy um, right. because it's it's harder for them to break food down. With. That's why we use enzymes to help us break it down because we start losing enzymes as we get older, just as we start to lose muscle tone as we get older. Mm-hmm. So there's so many of these things that you can start to do to start improving the way that you absorb food because the absorption, you know, it's not just what you eat, but it's also a hundred percent what you're absorbing, what you're converting into energy, what you're converting into you know, amino acids, let's say like very common, you know, with not attacking vegans. I'm just saying like, they don't tend to get the level of nutrients that they need from the foods that they're eating. And one case very recently, you know, her hormones aren't doing really well. And she's got this predisposition to endometriosis and polyps and growth and multiple surgeries and all these sorts of things. So we're trying to like reverse that. So I said, you know, tiny amounts of animal protein, what you can stomach, even just bone broth, you know, eggs, if you can, you know, and she's been doing it and she's noticing a huge change to her energy, to her brain fog straight away. Her weight's starting to shift because for years she'd been trying to lose weight, her thyroid. When we first looked at it, her TSH was like over four. Now Mm. in the space of like six weeks, it's dropped to 2.5. So it's starting to trend. Her metabolic rate is starting to change already in just like six weeks. So very simple things, like that's the power of food. It's not just like, you know, weight loss, but it is literally about what's the information that you are giving to your cells? How are you programming your cells? Are you programming them to, like I said, build you up? Or are you programming them to break you down? And getting the right balance of nutrients, making sure that you're absorbing them is such a big part of my work and what I would love to see more of in traditional sort of feels as well, you know, because I've been to multiple doctors. I grew up around doctors. My dad used to run an insurance company where they would create like these wellness centers. And I'm using that in inverted commas, because it was literally just on-site GPs, on-site dentists, on-site optometrists and on-site physical therapists. So they weren't really wellness centers. They were doctor's offices (laughs) So I grew up with a lot, a lot of doctors, which is why every time I got a cold or a flu, they just give me antibiotics. And by the time I was 14, I couldn't understand, like, why am I always sick? Literally every month I've got a tonsil infection, a mm-hmm. sinus infection, a chest infection, an ear infection. And they're like, oh, well, you know, no one ever talked about what I was eating. Like never. They never, ever they discussed it. They don't it in a
1: medical school. And I think that's the issue. I think Dr. Jason Fung, who has the brilliant protocol for reversing type 2 diabetes, said that you know, in his, I think it was six years of medical training, he had one hour of nutrition training. And I mean, nutrition is the medicine you feed your body. And as Mm -hmm. you said, the programming you give to your cells every day, several times Mm -hmm. a day. And it's just such a fundamental piece of human beings that it's so incredible that the medical system has not completely revamped and start really much more focusing on that, right?
2: Yeah. So I think that you bring that up, that doctor's training does not involve nutrition and the doctor that I work with in the UK. So I am overseen by a medical doctor, Dr. Nathan Curran, who's probably one of the more progressive traditional medical doctors, but because he's done functional medicine training and environmental medicine training, he's South African, but he's been living in the UK just as long as I have. We have very similar stories. It was very strange how we met. We met through Barclays because he was the on-site GP at work. And I kept going to him. I'm like, oh my God, I have another sinus infection. I have another thing. And he says, you know, you really need to look into what's going on with your immune system. And this is like in the 10 minutes that I would get with him because that's how long the appointments are, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's something going on here. He said, you know, have you looked into taking probiotics? And that's as much as he could give me. And just giving me that little nugget, like I ran with it. Mm -hmm. But he has been one of the first people in the UK to introduce vitamin infusions, even when it was very fringe, like, you know, about 12 years ago now very, very fringe. And it was something that as a practice we used to offer with COVID, it became very difficult to be able to do that. So things are changing now, like we're evolving, pivoting, trying to figure out new things. But at that point in time, that was something that he did and trying to teach people about amino acids. Like I was saying about the vegan, you know, we're talking about food and how it's information. And when I explained to her, I said, look, you know, your whole body is made off of like fat and protein. Obviously there's carbon and all these other things, but what helps create those things, right? All these different minerals. So you need protein because your neurotransmitters are made from amino acids, right? Your hormones are made from amino acids. How are you going to create the right levels of hormones or produce hormones even if you're not consuming amino acids and you can get a complete amino acid profile from eating animal protein, Mm -hmm. unless you work with a nutritionist who really narrows it down for you, like exactly what you need to do with hemp and rice and pea and All the other, you know, exactly (laughs) the other concoctions, but it's a lot simpler to get it from an animal source, a clean animal source, ideally as well. Right. So grass fed or wild caught for seafood. Grass fed, grass finished. Very important too, because they could be grass fed, but at the end they feed them a lot of corn or soy. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that's also something that's been coming into my field too, because I've been learning a lot about that, like free range as well in the U S doesn't always mean free range or that they're eating grubs. They're still probably finishing them with corn or soy, which are GMO products. Yeah.
1: And my understanding as well as free range in the US can also mean that they're in a big barn and there's like millions of them in a big barn and at least they're not in a cage. So they're considered free range, but they're not getting proper daylight. They're not getting like, I mean, it's horrendous. I think it is pretty horrendous. Mm -hmm. Few documentaries that people are interested if they want to be shocked a bit. One I saw was what the health. I mean, that would put you off a lot of things. (laughs) things as well, but Mm -hmm. it's it's really horrific. So, you know, rather eat less meat and seafood. And then the ones that you do, you invest in yourself and actually buy better quality. Exactly. um, That it's there too. But Rewen, can you talk about your journey? Obviously your father with his insurance and having the things, but you went first of all into a corporate career. So with Barclays and what transferred with you. So you got the nuggets with the idea with probiotics, but what was that shift that happened for you to say, you know, this is my calling. I'm going to change my career, my change, my focus and focus on transforming other people's lives.
2: Well, I think the focus has always been on transforming other people's lives. So I'll give you a little bit of background into that too, because that's probably one of my biggest drivers on why I came to the UK, because my grandfather had been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. but we had a relative who was a physician who used to just hand out Valium to him like it was sweeties. So every time he ran out of his script, he just called his nephew and be like, Hey, can I get my script again? And I didn't know all this. I was little at the time. So I didn't know it's only as I got older, I understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. And after 20 years of being on Valium like daily, combined with poor nutrition, he was a bodybuilder. So he's a very big, proud man. He used to cycle everywhere. But as he started getting older and these medications started really damaging his brain and there was never any therapy that was recommended to him in the Caribbean, that was just not a thing. Men are very macho and very strong and they don't go and talk about their feelings and they don't cry. And, you know, he had this whole image of being this big, strong bodybuilder guy. He had like 23 inch biceps. He's huge. Right. He was a big man, but he had like all this fear. I always think of him as like the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz because he should have had this huge roar, but instead he had like all this fear about like just random things, just, you know, like, oh, if we didn't call him within five minutes, he was like, oh my God, have you ended up in a ditch? Like, why haven't you picked up the phone? And he'd just keep calling and calling and calling. And by the time I got home, he's like, oh my God, I was so worried. I had to take a Valium. And he's like, it's only been like two hours. What's, you know, I left you, you know? (laughs) So he had like a lot of panic and anxiety about all these things. And it was very hard to watch. And When he got his first stroke, he ended up in a wheelchair. He was not old. He was in his seventies. You know, he had to stop lifting weights. He had to, all the things that made him happy, he had to stop doing. And that was hard because it was seven years of a very, you know, he just deteriorated over seven years. It's not a slow death because it's like a stroke and then it's dementia, Mm. right? Because it damaged his brain. So then that became very difficult to watch. So I wanted to learn, well, how do you stop anxiety? And Mm -hmm. how do you deal with it without taking in pharmaceuticals? So one of my main missions is to get people off of drugs because you do not have a Valium deficiency. You Mm -hmm. don't have a momeprazole deficiency, right? Like you don't have a PPI deficiency. You don't have a Lipitor deficiency. Something in your body isn't working. And these symptoms, instead of masking them with the Mm -hmm. medications, I always say, is like, when you have a fire, do you turn off the fire alarm or do you go and look and find out where the fire is in your house and put it out? So that's my job right now to help people like, okay, we've got symptoms. That's your fire. Let's go figure out where it is. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not turning off the fire alarm with the meds. So I got into all of this because I'm like, I have to study psychology. I need to figure out how to help other people so they don't end up like this. And through doing that, it led me into H.R. Because when you come out of university in the U.K., you're in debt. So you're like, I need a job ASAP. So I went straight into corporate because you know it pays well. I could work in HR. I could help people there. And I think very quickly I realized I wasn't really helping anyone. I was helping the bank. <laughs> and, and it was all about policy and not so much about actually helping people. So while I was there, I retrained in hypnosis and hypnotherapy and CBT. Oh, cool. So I was doing that alongside my day job. So I was always one of those people. I like, always had like three jobs when I was in university. And then when I went into banking and I realized, I'm not really sure this is the thing for me. I really want to help people not getting to do it. So it took me about a year and a bit to finish my hypnotherapy training while I was there. And I remember telling my then boss, I said, Hey, I actually want to quit. I want to go do something else. And he said, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Cause you know, I was doing well. And he said, I don't want you to go and He said, what would make you happy? And I said, well, if I could help people and I felt like I was actually making a difference. You know, we had a very candid conversation and it, it happened over years. It didn't happen in one day. It happened over years. And I'd be like, I'm just not happy with the situation. And he said, well, what would make you happy? And I'm like, I would really like to be able to do this. And he said, okay. He said, give me a couple of years. I'll make it happen. And he kept his word. He did. He mm-hmm. actually did. He kept his word. And I was able to set up a well-being program while there mm-hmm. and took on several evolutions. Like it just changed over time different managers. And the culture itself became a little bit toxic because everyone wanted to own it.
1: And as, I as often happens with good ideas, right? Everyone's yes, like,
2: oh, everyone I wanted need- to own it. And everyone <laughs> wanted to like micromanage me. And I've always been a very creative person, free spirits. I've always had tons of ideas, very entrepreneurial. So you know, my dad is like that to this day, he's like 69. And he's still setting up companies and doing it. things so yeah like he is an incredible human being he's so visionary he always has like big big ideas so I've always been around that kind of energy and then to get into this place where I'm thinking initially I'm like I've got the power to do whatever I want with this and I started doing that and then within about three or four years it just started getting commandeered by other people and they were trying to put me in a box and I end up burning out like because I'm trying to fit into somebody else's mold They kept saying, it's like, we don't really know where to place you, where to fit you. Why can't you just do one thing? I'm like, I've never been able to do just one thing. And why should I do just one thing when I'm trying to do everything to help everyone? So it didn't end well, or it did end well because, you know, unfortunately my health took a big hit, my mental health, my physical health, my anxiety kicked in then and my panic attacks. And I used to hate going to work on a Monday, on a Sunday night, I would just be up in the bathroom all night, just dying just from panic and my stomach turning inside out. So years of doing that, like I had about a year and a half of being in that sort of state, like two to three years of being in that state and realizing I need to do something else. And, you know, it led me to functional medicine. Like I started questioning. And one day I'd arranged for like a functional medicine practitioner to come into work to talk about children's health, right? And she was talking about antibiotic overuse and, you know, had a lot of parents and stuff in the room and everyone wanted to hear about like, well, what can we do to keep our kids healthy? Mm -hmm. And she talked about this whole thing with antibiotics and how it lowers your immune system, because most of your immune system is in your gut, like 80% of it. And if you get constant colds and flus, and if you've got eczema and you've got all these and migraines and, and I'm like, oh my God, those are all the things I have. So (laughs) up until that point, I had thought like, oh, mind, body connection. If you get the mind right, the body will follow. But she was talking about if you get the body right, the mind will follow. Right. Right. And I had totally missed that. Like, yeah, I had missed it until that. That that was my light bulb moment. I said, I need to work with someone like her. I need to find out what's going on with my body. Because I would use hypnosis to help with my IBS and it would help, but it wouldn't help me prevent it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know like my foods were triggering it. I didn't know any of these things were causing it. I just thought, oh, it's my anxiety. So if I breathe properly and if I meditate it'll calm down. And it would, it would calm down, but it would never go away. Mm. You know, I'd still be managing it rather than reversing it. I don't want to manage it. And I don't want other people to be like, oh, I'm managing my IBS or I'm managing my anxiety. No, you don't have to live with it. And, you know, case in point, like a lady who came to see me, she was diagnosed with SIBO, but she had generalized anxiety for years and had been seeing a counselor and a CBT person. Mm. And when we finally started working together, She'd had panic attacks that kept her in bed. She couldn't actually get out of bed. She was a non-functioning person, couldn't help her children, couldn't help her husband. Mm -hmm. And now she's playing basketball. She's running around, going on trips to Devon, going in the car. She used to hate getting in the car. It used to give her tremendous anxiety. Mm -hmm. Getting in the car, totally different. And we started talking about CBT and she said, I've done that to death. I've been doing it for 10 years. It's not helping me. I said, okay, well, we're going to work on healing your gut. And, you know, six weeks in, six weeks of healing the gut. And she's like, it's just gone. The anxiety is just like, I don't wake up anxious anymore. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not freaking out anymore. And I said, that happened to me. Like one day I had panic attacks and then within four to six weeks, all just kind of gone, just disappeared. Yeah. From
1: testing what was going on inside my gut.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think is the driver of, cause they say, obviously the gut is the second brain, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the driver between something like a panic attack and gut health? where do you think those correlation links lie? Well, what I've seen over and over and over in clinical
2: practice, and obviously what I've read in the literature is that we talk about amino acids. Mm -hmm. So most people are nutritionally starved. They probably do have some sort of leakiness, or even sometimes a food sensitivity can create a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And people don't even know that it's linked to that. Obviously there are thought processes that go along with that. So I'm not saying that it's only one thing. What I'm saying is that it's integrated, right? So There is a mind-body connection, but there definitely is that body-mind. It's Mm bi-directional. So the lack of nutrients, the right balance of minerals, that's one of the big, big things that I've seen, like people not eating the right balance of nutrients, having probably too many carbohydrates, not enough protein or even good fat. Our brain is 60% fat. Mm -hmm. So if you're not consuming the right amount of fat or the right quality of fat either, so quality is also important. Like you don't want to be eating loads of trans fat. You want to be consuming, obviously lovely oily fish, the omega threes, those are sort of where you want to be channeling and putting your focus on. So where do I see the link between anxiety and panic attacks? Like it's literally just all down to biochemistry and neurochemistry. So Mm -hmm. if your biochemistry is off, your neurochemistry is going to be off. And for me, that was my story. And it's the story that I've seen repeated over and over again, that yes, you might have a situational anxiety. I'm not discounting that. Like I was in a toxic environment. It made me unhappy but I was also not absorbing food because I had all these problems going on with my stomach on top of it. Mm -hmm. So it's important to address both. And that's what I aim to do when I work with people. I do integrate hypnosis and CBT and positive psychology into sessions. I don't allow people to, I call it BMW, bitch, moan and whine for more than five minutes. So I love using all these little acronyms. So everybody gets them. Yeah, it's like, you got your three Ps, you got your three Bs, boundaries, breaks and breath work. And then we've got BMW. So bitch moaning and whining, you get five minutes to tell me what's not working. And then we're like, okay, where do we want to get to? And we set up like a visioning kind of exercise. Like, how do you really want to feel? Because we know what you don't want to feel. How do you really want to feel? And how are we going to get you there? And the food can help us do that. But yeah, the mindset's a big, big part of it too. You know, when we see a negative thought coming up an automatic negative thought, the ants, when they come up, okay, where has this come from? And how do we reframe it? How do we choose something? How do we choose something? And that is a really important concept for people to grasp that these are choices that they're making. And the awareness coming to the awareness. And that's why working with someone's good, because if you stay stuck in your head, it's very easy to spiral out of control, Mm -hmm. right? And you can go downward really, really fast. But when you have someone who's saying, okay, do you realize that that's probably not the most helpful thing? What would be more helpful? How would you address that? What would be a nicer thing to tell yourself? Because what you're telling yourself right now isn't really helping you. It's, it's, it's called, yeah. Right. So there's a huge piece that's around mindset, but there's also like, let's work on the biochemistry rather than using drugs. Mm -hmm. I'm using
1: food, right? Food and mindset as well. And I I think Mm -hmm. that that's the beauty of this as well. And I think, you know, really to hone in, you know, for people to first take look at this as a step like what is your mindset what is your self-talk with a lot of things and then also like what is your biochemistry and like what are the tests to do to check to make sure everything is okay you know it's a process of elimination but like why not start with the things that are good for you Mm -hmm. versus going straight to chemicals and then having all the consequences and side effects that come out of that as well And so really just empowering people to take their power back as well, right? Yeah, empowerment. And,
2: you know, someone I saw wrote something about a week ago. She said, you know, when people ask you how to improve your mental health, I recommend one, remove caffeine because it's a nervous system stimulant, Mm. remove alcohol because it's a depressant, remove the TV and the news and the media. She says it's a continuous cycle of fear porn, right? Mm. And then you want to take off the apps from your phone because they're creating ADHD, They're making you anxious. And the more that you're on your phone and the more that you're scrolling, we've seen that there's studies that show that people stop breathing. And when you stop breathing, you actually create like this reaction, this anxiety, like a physical anxiety in your body, not just a cycle you create. So then you can start to hyperventilate. So you're actually creating this problem later on. And then you remove sugar, most addictive, damaging drug, more addictive than cocaine. And it creates all of these highs and lows. It impacts your cortisol. It impacts your hormones, right? Mm-hmm. So your sex hormones, because cortisol is a hormone too, it's a stress hormone. So we've got like these different types of hormones and cortisol is one of them. If you have got problems with one set of hormones, you're going to have problems with all your other hormones. And I've seen it with the women with estrogen dominance and problems with fertility and problems with menopause later on in life. Your cortisol's out of whack or your blood sugar is out of whack. Naturally, your sex hormones are going to be out of whack. Your DHEA is probably not going to be great. So you have to think of all these things, like how do they all impact each other? Look at it as a system rather than individual parts. So if you think of a car, and I love car analogies, because I think people just get it when you explain it like this. You go to the mechanic, the car is not working. What does he do? He doesn't just check the tires to see that the car is not working. He's going to go and look at the oil. He's going to look at the carburetor. He's going to look at the kind of gas you've been putting into it. He's going to check everything. So why, when you go to your doctor, you say you have a headache and he only says, well, take a painkiller and he's not looking at, well, why have you got the headache? Where is it coming from? Is it a, you know, are you dehydrated, which is probably one of the number one causes of headaches, right? Are you drinking enough? Are you eating something that's creating the headache? Are you not sleeping? The first thing is like, well, take a paracetamol or a Tylenol or whatever. And that's not a solution. That's a bandaid.
1: We want a solution. Why are you getting the headaches? Completely. And I think, you know, it's making that mental shift a way of like retraining the mind to look for the underlying cause. Like your body is trying to tell you something. So mm-hmm. solve for that versus just trying to have temporary relief. And obviously, through marketing in the Western world, we're just thrown at like, oh, quick fix, you know, like get rid of your headache in 10 minutes or whatever the case may be, but then it'll come back again.
0: Yes, exactly. Because
2: more- rather than finding out, well, where is it coming from? Yeah. Like I saw a lady yesterday who's saying, oh, I've had PMS for years and I've been taking you know, Tylenol for three days every month for the last 20 years. I said, do you have any idea what that's doing to your liver and to your gut? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you probably aren't absorbing food. Your hormones are just going to get worse because you're already in your thirties and things don't get better when you keep doing those sorts of things. And she said, well, I'm not ready to change anything yet. Can you just tell me a more natural painkiller? I thought, oh boy like we're missing the point. <laughs> yeah we're missing the point here like natural painkiller like remove the toxic food like don't take anything new just start taking out the things that are causing the problems right because she said I'm not cutting out grains and I'm not cutting out dairy and I'm not cutting out sugar and I go wow okay well then <laughs> I can't help you. Do you want to get better or do you not want to get better as and, well? and that's the thing like some people really want that magic bullet they want one thing and I sorry to disappoint you. There is no one thing. It's all the things. Cause I get that a lot. They say, okay, tell me what diet I need to follow. I'm like, your problem isn't about your diet. It's about the way that you're living, you know, SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which I get to see a lot, which is usually, it comes along with anxiety a lot. You think you can like go to sleep at one o'clock in the morning and wake up at 8am and then go into meetings and go back to back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. and not breathe and not eat and then drink in the evening and think that your stomach's going to heal and that you're going to deal with these problems. Like it doesn't work that way. It's like, oh, well, I, I meditate and I run and I, you're missing the point. Like your lifestyle needs to change the way that you're working, the way that you're engaging in the world needs to change. So your lifestyle has to have an overhaul. And that's why it's not easy. Like that's why you need a coach. That's why you need someone to help you. Okay. Well, this week we're going to focus on one thing. Just what's the one thing that we can work on this week? We're not going to do all the things all at once Mm because some people think they've got to like, I've got to do it all today. I'm like, no, you don't have to do it all today. We're gradually going to adapt. And, you know, and you have to understand your motivations for these things too, because being unwell, like I've seen with my mother, you know, she had cancer and it Mm -hmm. took her life and she stuck with the traditional model. Mm -hmm. She did the whole chemo radiation thing until it literally killed her. Like the chemo actually killed her in the end. Mm -hmm. So so same. um it's no, but it's one of my big motivating factors too, like seeing that medications don't mm. work, you mm. know, and meditation and all these other things are mm. way better solutions mm. and understanding your body and your neurochemistry and your biochemistry through the types of labs that I like to run and just tuning into, well, what are these symptoms talking to me and saying? And do I need a translator? And, you know, my job is to translate because they're like, I don't really know what this means. And I'm like, okay well, these labs are going to help us translate what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I'm going to sit down and correlate it with what's going on with you. But disease is the most expensive tax that we pay. Sachin Patel said that recently. He said that's the most expensive tax that we pay. And I've seen it like you think, okay investing five thousand dollars into functional medicine as opposed to the twenty five thousand dollars that you spend over a lifetime on Lipitor alone right? Because that's what someone does when they're on a medication for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's like a conservative estimate, because usually that one medication leads to you needing to take multiple medications. I'm being conservative $25,000 over 20 years, Mm -hmm. right? And then you're not learning any new skills on how to reverse that illness. You're just acquiring more illnesses and symptoms Mm -hmm. as you get older and your quality of life begins to generate. Whereas you invest into something That you learn how to listen to your body, how to pay attention to it. So it's almost like you're going to school and that you're going to come out with like a master's or something in your own biochemistry and learn how to manage your own health. So you can thrive as you get older, but you don't age you know so back to making
1: full circle back to your initial question right yeah and i absolutely love it and i think you know we're both singing from the same hymn sheet with this as well because it's so empowering you know it's not giving your power away it's taking your power back it's Mm -hmm. learning what you can do and humans are complex creatures and you need to understand what works for you and so just having you know a coach or someone you know like you as well to help decipher okay I need to focus more on the gut. Someone else maybe needs to focus on other lifestyle changes, like whatever the case may be, but it's mm-hmm. getting that baseline, getting to the bottom of it, starting with testing. Everyone knows when something's off, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell when you're cognition, brain fog, you don't sleep well anymore, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. IBS and, and the rest of it. And it's Your body is telling you like, alarm, I need support because I'm not able to solve this myself anymore. And I think that it's really helping people to get help early. Do the -hmm. test early because ignoring it, we all know where that goes to. I mean, I've had Dr. Dale Bredesen on as well. You know, Alzheimer's and cognitive decline is a 20 year in the making disease. Mm -hmm. It's reversible, but you need to catch it completely. Yeah. And so many other, you know, illnesses as well. And if you catch it on time, you can reverse it. And like, it's not just a matter of reversing it, but it's actually thriving and living in such a high energy state that what does that free up your time and energy to do Well, you could be doing amazing things in the world. Right. So that's That's part of my mission as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I love that. And I think that's why we connected because I could see that we were on that same path about like literally giving people back the tools, Mm -hmm. like showing them how powerful they are, Mm -hmm. how powerful the body is. I always say, I said, my mission is to awaken everyone I meet to the innate wisdom of the body Because it is wise. And when it's malfunctioning, it's telling you like, pay attention to me. This is how I'm saying pay attention. Because when people come to me with health anxiety, like my body's not working, my body's not working. It's trying to kill me. No, it's not. It's actually trying to save you. It's trying to tell you what to (laughs) fix. You know, and when you, you turn that around, you shift that, they're like, oh, really? Like it's talking. That's what it's doing. It's telling me what I need to pay attention to. And that solves a lot of health anxiety straight away. Like just from that mindset of like, oh, I need to translate what it's saying. And then people become a lot calmer and they're like, okay, don't need to freak out. Like my palpitations are not a heart attack. This is something else might be my thyroid. And I need to go and figure that out. Let me go get the blood work done or let me get the gut health work done or whatever it is. And and then we get answers, right? And we're not in that state of like, is it this, is it that? Like, no, we get clarity and then we get a roadmap. That's the beauty of the testing because your body is the vehicle. It's taking you to where you want to go in life. And how are you going to get there if you don't have the roadmap, right? how are you getting there without the roadmap? So you need like the GPS. That's what the tests are. They're like your GPS, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, to do GPS, right. You need to know where your baseline is. Where are you starting from? You can't exactly. fly Singapore and you're not, you don't know which <laughs> airport exactly. you're from,
2: right? Yeah. So
1: that's what I love about
2: this work. Like it just, it's so precise. And you mentioned everybody's biochemistry is unique. And that's why some people might do really well being vegan. Some people really, really won't. And they might be able to eventually go back to that after we correct certain things or we, help them figure out like, well, maybe you don't need to be a hundred percent. Like I have a friend of mine who actually works with me as well every now and then she does like talks and stuff. She was the former head of well-being for RBS. And we kind of met at the same time while I was working at Barclays and we had very similar stories, the burnout thing. She mm-hmm. retrained in nutrition at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition in London. And she calls herself the naughty vegan because she knows that being a hundred percent vegan is not great for her body, but every now and then she will have some eggs or she might have a burger. Because Mm -hmm. she knows that, okay, around my cycle, I'm very low in iron. So I need to up my red meat intake, even if it's just for like a week, Mm -hmm. right? So she's like, I'm a naughty vegan. So even that, like, if you really want to be more plant-based, great. But -hmm. just know that at some point your body might need certain things at different, and particularly for women, like women, women's bodies are so unique and interesting and complex. Mm -hmm. And we need things at different times of the month. Like even the way that we exercise should change at different times of the month. Like when you're going through your cycle, You know, on the days that you're on, you don't want to be doing hardcore intensive exercise. You want to be doing more restorative things. And it changes our brains as well. Like we're better in planning mode immediately after you finish your period. So you're really good at strategizing then, like really, really good. And then the 10 days before, you can be more foggy and you probably need to rest more and just Mm -hmm. kind of do things that are automatic as opposed to trying to set up anything new. So -hmm. it's all these wonderful nuances about the body that, you know, you get to learn about and you get to learn to live in harmony with your circadian rhythms and also your rhythms as a woman. And I love working with women because they are so tuned in to what's
1: going on. Yeah, I actually did a podcast episode on the female biorhythm and I've held talks on it as well, because it's, Really enabling women and I've also come from a banking and a tech startup background as well. So very male dominated and that expecting, and this is why many women burn out, because you know, men's testosterone levels throughout the month within the 24-hour window, they go up and down, right? Testosterone, but during the month are pretty much the same. So it's no problem day in, day out doing the same thing. Yeah. Whereas essentially women are four different people during the month. <laughs> and it's knowing which superpowers you have at, at those time terms, the times of the month is that if mm-hmm. you can plan your schedule accordingly. Mm -hmm. And I'd really love, you know, for companies even to open their eyes, because if you enable and empower women to be at their best and plan strategically, like what they can do. So as you're saying as well, like, you know, during the time of your cycle, well, that's more reflection, self-care time, a bit of a slower pace. And then you go into the sort of strategizing, planning, thinking big, creative to the ovulation phase where, you know, your estrogen and your testosterone are at its highest levels. Like that's closing those sales deals. That's like shining, holding the presentations because you're glowing, right? Mm -hmm. You're recruiting your best as progesterone starts increasing as the later stage of your cycle, then as well, it's really, really great for, you know, getting that to-do list done. So yeah. by enabling yourself and planning accordingly, you can A, practice more self-care, which is what everybody needs, because I think we're all so tough on ourselves, particularly women. We always look at what we've done wrong versus what we're doing right, mm-hmm. but also to allow you to shine and really be at your best in the way that suits the female biorhythm. So yeah, I think it's really empowering.
2: Yeah, I'm 100% in agreement with you. And you know, it's that unfortunately the world has evolved for men, right? And it's only now that we're seeing more and more female-led businesses and hoping to see that there are more changes. And I'll give you a classic example of this. Like my husband, he is a 4 a.m. wake-up person. Like he was up at four, and I left banking because I said I never wanted to do that ever again because I used to live like that and I'd go running at five and then be at my desk by seven thirty. And, you know, work until really late. And no wonder I burnt out, right? Because that's just not sustainable. So when I married him and I saw because I was single for a while before I married him.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: adjusting to somebody else's biorhythms is interesting mm-hmm. because I had come into my own where like I have a really nice, slow start to the day. Mm-hmm. I have my meditation. I drink my cup of coffee and I write in a journal. And then I plan and I get into a really nice, relaxed, easy headspace. And then I exercise. I do maybe a little bit of Pilates or some yoga. A little bit of rebounding, nothing crazy, nothing hectic, but just enough to kind of gently wake myself up because I know that's what I need in order to thrive. But with him, it's sort of like 4am on the go da, da, stop, da, da. You know, because Ooh. yeah. And, and that's exactly what it is. And I started comparing myself a lot. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I'm telling myself I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I joined a mastermind. That's only women, uh-huh. all women. And I realized like everybody had this exact same problem with their partners. It's not a problem, but it's just like, feeling this sort of like inadequacy like oh my god I'm not doing enough I'm not doing enough and it's because like you said our rhythms are different and that's where I learned a lot about that like I'd known a little bit about chronobiology before and like how you should time exercise and all those sorts of things but understanding our own individual female biorhythms Mm -hmm. was such a and I thought I don't need to push the way he's pushing I work differently and that's okay Mm -hmm. you know I work differently and I work differently at different times of the month and that's fine and I don't need to keep telling myself, like, I'm not enough. And then that creates like a
1: the whole cycle, you know, anxiety, like an anxiety.
2: <laughs> and then what kind of energy you're putting out into the world then? And, you know, I'm very much into the energy that we're putting out as well, right? Like, that's huge for me, because, you know, if you're putting out fear and anxiety into the world, what are you going to be getting back? And what I want to be putting out is you keep using that beautiful word empowerment, empowerment, love, or ultimately everything that's happening to us. Is a cry. Our body's talking to us to get us back to loving it. Like it's all about self love. Ultimately, that's where it all comes back to. Like you're ignoring me, I'm telling you, pay attention to me
1: so that you can love me again, right? Mm-hmm. And and the more in- you ignore it, the more it will make sure that you have to start paying attention and like yes. <laughs> snap back. yeah, that's
2: what they say. You know, I was saying yeah. that about my mom. I said you know she didn't want to spend money on organic food or whatever, and it's like and then you got to go for a scan and blood work, and that's like two hundred thousand dollars. You know, these scans and things they're expensive and When you have to go for chemo, that's expensive. Like disease is expensive. Organic food is not expensive. Mm If you want to do a cost benefits analysis sheet, you know, when you're
1: sick, everybody else in your life is impacted. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone. It's not just you. It's so painful as well. And my mother suffers from dementia and through Dale Bredesen's protocol and testing, what we discovered was it was due to lack of HRT. So lack of Mm -hmm. hormone replacement therapy after a hysterectomy back in the nineties and head cancer. So oh. she doesn't have APOE 4 gene. I actually have a single copy, which my father also has as well. So if I do nothing, I would have a 30% lifetime chance. But yeah,
2: I but you're doing everything. Exactly. Yeah, I'm trying.
1: I'm trying yeah. My best. I have my moments, but I'm trying my best. We are human. But it's so painful. And I think that's a really important point to say as well is that when your health or your loved one's health deteriorates, it affects like a huge peripheral of people around it. And mm-hmm. it's so It's hard a ripple effect in the wrong way. Yeah. 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 And when you get your health
2: right, there's a ripple effect in the right way. Like, like that's, the, that's, that's the kind of ripple effect we want to create. Like yeah. lots of healthy, vibrant people living their purpose, living their passion. Because yeah. I do talk about this a lot. Like when I get my clients like, yes, we start working on diet and supplements. But by the third session, people are starting to feel so much better because we're already like into week six by then and now they're thinking about well now i have all this energy what do i do with it like what do i really want and then we get into hopes and dreams and start to creating like what kind of life do you want to create like do you want freedom from this current job do you want freedom from this current relationship cuz freedom becomes a big part of it like now i suddenly have the freedom cuz my body is not holding me prisoner anymore now what can i do like what can i do so you know that's the ripple effect that i'm really really into and i love that we you and i are having this
1: conversation yeah. about it
2: and I'm sorry to hear about your mom.
1: You Thank know, it, you. I, yeah. I, unfortunately, she was too far. So Dale Bedison and his team there, they were doing clinical trials. So with the MOCA score, right, the Montreal Mission Assessment, 30 is obviously perfect. So they had successful clinical trials of everyone from a MOCA score of 18 and above up, were able to reverse them back up to 30, mm-hmm. which is just phenomenal. So people who already had declined, but mild to moderate. Mm-hmm. And by the time I had discovered all Dale's work, it was already at 11. Yeah. So unfortunately, too, too far gone, and it's just so painful because again, she was like the shining light, and sounds a bit like your father as well, with the you know serial entrepreneur and doing a thousand things, and you know it was really painful. I think two weeks ago, she's someone who probably hands down between her companies and things like this has helped thousands of people, and um, she was involved in the Northern Ireland peace process and things like wow. this. Wow. Well. Yeah, and she had like an epiphany moment with her memory loss. And she said, but I'm not of use anymore because I can't help people. She had really like identified with herself that it's about she has to help people and now she can't help people. And it was just heartbreaking to see, and she was very upset about it as well. And I think, you know, it's just, this is part of, for me as well, the, the passion, like, and I've obviously gone through my own health challenges, but This is reversible had we caught it on time. And there's so many other people out there and I've had people contact me and some people, some clients as well, who are nervous that this might happen to them. And getting that shift away from the denial, I'd rather not know about it. And it's a death sentence and I'm just going to, you know, stick my head in the sand to actually empower them. So again, the word, but to let them know that there is protocols, there are things you can proactively do. And you can not only just, you know eradicate it but you can also actually move into a thrive state and live really really well exactly. and then what you can do in the world when you yeah. get to that point
2: yeah yeah do people know that the gene is only like i think it's only eight percent of people who have alzheimer's or dementia actually have the gene for it only eight okay. percent yeah okay. it's only eight percent of the uh-huh. people who actually yeah so the rest of it is acquired 92 percent is lifestyle
1: yeah so, I know this is what I really liked. with. I don't know how familiar with Dale's work, but there are 38 mm-hmm. different drivers to mm-hmm. causing cognitive decline. So, one is like high mercury levels, and some mm-hmm. people have still mercury fillings. It's like you need to get those out and you need to detox. There are protocols what you can do to reverse things, low vitamin D levels. There's so many different facets. Also, your gut health plays a huge role as well. So, I guess it hopefully by people hearing this and they might think like, oh no, <laughs> there's 38 things and how many get to the bottom of it. You know, by doing the testing and then solving for that, yes, your miles, you're light years ahead.
2: And don't and do it alone. Don't do yeah. it alone. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You, know, you don't go
2: and try and fix your car. You don't go on YouTube and try and fix your car or go to a Facebook group to try and fix your car. You take it to a mechanic, uh-huh. right? Exactly. You don't DIY your car. You don't DIY the roof of your house. Don't yeah. DIY your body. Go to somebody who knows what they're doing, who's probably lived through it too, because then they have the empathy to deal with it as well. I always recommend that because when you find people who don't have the empathy and are very dismissive, it can be quite jarring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen lots of ologists, I saw like gastroenterologists, urologists, gynecologists endocrinologist, I saw them all. And, you know, no one talks to you like you're a human, like seeing how that worked. And they didn't all talk to each other either. So they were all quite happy to put you on different drugs and you didn't know how they were reacting with the other things. So, you know, I've been through what I call the medical merry-go-round. I've been through that and I've seen my family go through it. And lots of people show up to me after they're exhausted from trying to figure it out with their traditional primary care providers, or even their consultants and specialists and no one can give them answers. And then they come here and we do these labs and they say, okay, well, this correlates with that. This, you know, this bacteria, da, da, da. your liver is not doing its job. It's, you know, and straight away, they're like, oh my God, this actually makes sense to me now. Like this mm-hmm. actually is starting to answer all these questions. Now, now what can we do to fix it? I'm like, great, we're ready to do that. Good. And, you know, sometimes people who aren't believers initially, like I don't really think I need to change anything about my food. Like I had one lady recently, she mm-hmm. had a lot of pain and she said, well, I don't think I need to change my food. But then when we got the labs and I showed her like, What was going on with her gut bacteria and what was linked to rheumatoid arthritis and all the things that were going on in a high gluten starch diet. And she's like, oh boy, okay, okay, I I've got to change, I gotta change. And I'm like, and you know, seeing it just made her lit her up and she's like, Yep, I'm ready to go. So, you know, sometimes getting the data is important, you know, this is very evidence-based.
1: Yeah. And I think that's really phenomenal to actually have the data. And it even starts with sort of, you know, the watches and, and sleep trackers and things like that, that we can have. But I think it helps a lot the aura of rings. <laughs> yeah. the aura rings, exactly, to actually see what's going on, you know. And yeah. I mean, I used to be so unforgiving with myself. I'm like, why am I tired? And again, I've sort of sleep direct. in my 20s. I could manage on like three, four hours of sleep nights, night. But then obviously things started progressing and gut health issues, et cetera. And then that's extreme brain fog and all the rest of it. But when you actually see what's really happening and how your body is resting, you can act from there. So I think it's not just tracking to track, but actually to then take steps and measures to improve it. And I think that that's where the empowering point comes in with these devices. I couldn't agree with you more. And there's something that I use with my clients.
2: I have a platform or portal, like a health portal, and it syncs with the wearable tech Mm -hmm. so that I can see what they're up to. And then when we meet, we can talk about, well, you had a really good week. It looks like you weren't sleeping this week. What's going on? You know, and it really, really helps. I can see how active they've been Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And it's just so useful. Like, I think, yes, we say it over and over. Like, you cannot manage what you don't measure. So you got to be measuring. That's how we track progress. I don't want you to become obsessed with measuring either. Like, I make sure that that's not a thing. Like, I don't want anyone feeling like, oh, my God, I've got to check my if my sleep's completely off, like, am I going to die? I'm like, no, this is not, you know, because sometimes that can happen with health anxiety. You know, if you've got a lot of health anxiety, I'd say, well, we're not probably going to measure everything straight away. We'd work on doing some CBT type work and a little bit of hypnosis to calm you down before we get into measuring. But for people who aren't too fearful, who are like you, who are just proactive, who just want to be like, I just want to be on top of this, mm-hmm. then you do that. So, yeah. yeah, these are great tools. I'm a big fan. I've been wearing an aura ring since 2019,
1: mm-hmm. three years. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And I swear by it. Like, I love the data that it gives me. I love it. And then I recently started wearing a blood sugar monitor, one of those glucose, the NES. Yeah. Yeah. That as well. uh-huh. yeah. And that was, you know, what was really crazy about that? Like I saw, so I eat pretty much low carb, you know, I have berries and things like that. And I do like my sweet potatoes, but in general, it's more like protein, a lot more protein than carbohydrates and more vegetables, fiber, but I hadn't changed anything about my diet, but I was doing these presentations in the UK for a company and I was doing like 12 o'clock in UK time, which was like four o'clock in the morning, San Diego time. Mm
0: -hmm. So I was getting
2: up at like 3am, going to bed at like 9pm, getting up at three to get ready for my presentation. And my blood sugar, even though my food had not changed, my blood sugar went bananas for like a week, Mm -hmm. right? Even though it was like one day out of that week, right? It took a while to settle down. My heart rate variability as well like mm-hmm. went a little bit bananas. Mm-hmm. So just from like not getting proper sleep, waking up too early, mm-hmm. you know, cause even if I went to bed at Bio- nine, I was yeah. still, yeah. I was just, everything yeah. was just, my biochemistry was just totally off. So,
1: yeah, it's really great to see as well. And I think for me also through having the aura ring and seeing I was waking up at night and kind of thinking, you know, what's going on? I didn't even realize I was waking up and I was wearing the continuous glucose monitor and seeing that I thought I was doing great with my intermittent fasting, but I was hypoglycemic. So my blood sugar was so low that it was causing a cortisol response in the body to get the liver going, in essence, waking me up and causing then brain fog and like things during the day, because obviously I was waking up and I didn't realize it and I wasn't having my nice sleep cycles. So through that tracking, it really gives you the tools to figure out. You know, hang on a second, like something is off. Let's get to mm-hmm. the bottom of it. And having a spoonful of almond butter that has no sugar, or palm oil in it before bed just maintains those blood, those levels. blood levels. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is yeah. yeah, and then you sleep beautifully, like wonderfully. Yeah, yeah. You nice know? sleep, so... sleep and nice sleep cycles and things as well. Yeah, Raven, what excites you most about the future of longevity, health, and well-being? I think thanks to COVID, even though it was
2: horrible for humanity, I actually think it was part of the great awakening. Like it's a renaissance for people realizing, oh wait, my health actually is in my hands. So I feel like even though this was a massive moment in our history, it's a massive moment for lots of other good things too. It's I think for people starting to read more, to tune into podcasts, to listen to people like Dale Bredson, Lewis Howes, Tom Billiard. Daniel Amen who's like one of my favorites Tom O'Brien like I see more and more people looking and seeking like real answers mm-hmm. so I think what excites me the most is that there are more and more people waking up we are going to have that collective consciousness shift because that I think is the way that we're going to be able to deal with god forbid the next pandemic we have a pandemic going on anyway long before this pandemic of chronic disease mm-hmm. that's you know yeah. obesity metabolic syndrome diabetes, like all these chronic diseases that we saw was playing a huge part in the people who are actually becoming very unwell. Mm -hmm. Right. So health pandemic, I would say as well, particularly coming out of COVID. Exactly. So you know, what excites me the most is that people are going to wake up to the fact that their health is in their hands. What I'm hoping is that we'll see more and more companies, right, actually start taking action around these things. And start investing because there are well-being programs that I'm seeing, like, you know, in 2011, when I started the well-being program at Barclays, there were like maybe, I don't know, five Fortune 500 companies that I was aware of that were doing anything around it. Now, if you go on LinkedIn, there are well-being jobs everywhere, Mm well-being officer jobs all the time. I get them sent into my inbox. I said, wow, you know, 10 years ago, this wasn't even a thing. And now everybody wants a well-being officer. Companies Mm -hmm. want to start taking care of their employees. What I'd love them to start doing is phasing out health insurance and actually including these types of things, like proactive, rather than waiting for someone to break a leg and needing an x-ray, because that's all that health insurance is really good for, sorry to say. But actually looking at, well, how do we give people like an allowance for investing in functional medicine lab work and coaching? So that's what excites me the most, that there's this shift in reactive healthcare to being more proactive and that healthcare actually becomes
1: health focused rather than disease focused. Yes, exactly. It's not yeah. it's, at the moment. A lot of things are sick care. But yeah, that opportunity to be in well-being, well-care. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. just such a logical benefit and such a knock-on effect for society, for families, for employees, for companies. I mean, it's, it's such a win-win. Raven, you recently brought out a book that is already super successful, but can you share some more details about your book, Corporate Dropouts from Employee to Entrepreneur? Thank you for letting me talk about
2: the book. I figure we have to talk about it because it obviously charts my journey through burnout. I'm a contributor to the book, so there are 19 other authors, Mm -hmm. and we all have almost identical stories so it's quite interesting reading everybody else's story and realizing everyone had this like physical crash, like we all had this physical yep. kind of crash and come to Jesus moment, Damascus <laughs> yeah. moment, whatever you want to call it and realizing I can't go on like this. It's not worth it because when you crash, what happens? Your company just changes the cog in the wheel. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, they're like, well, thanks for your service. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Good luck. And you're like, wait a second. I've been killing myself for you. And it's like a bad boyfriend and you have to break up with them. (laughs) Right. Like, like, Okay. I can't keep doing this because you're like a bad boyfriend. So the book, the book came out in February on Kindle. We have literally just released the paperback and there's a summit that's coming along with the book in about two weeks from today. So we're 28th of April and the Mm -hmm. summit launches on the 11th of May. So, yeah, so it's super exciting because the paperback has just launched and we wanted to get people excited about that, that they can have. And we've made a couple of revisions to it since the Kindle. It's funny when you see it, and sealing your book in print is quite interesting. And I'm working on my solo book right now. That's why I'm in Mexico. I'm here figuring out the solo book and creating basically. I said there's no DIYing to help, but it is a DIY manual. Like what you would do exactly like if you'd work with me one to one. It's sort of like charting that and all the questions that I would ask. And there's lots of opportunity for self-reflection, lots of quizzes to like self-assess what's going on with you. So in the absence of doing labs, things that can help you identify where your weak links are. So I'm working on that right now. I couldn't just stop. I told you I do like three things at once. So I'm like promoting this
1: one and also working on the solo book so that by the time I'm out of here, I have my first draft done amazing and i'm gonna take some tips from you because i want to also do july august blocking off to do my book proposal as well i I want to bring out a book also because i feel like particularly also for women there is a space missing around a practical guidebook know, i have a lot of neuroscientists doctor friends and it's all very you know they quote clinical trials etc but it's how does one you know that's busy and needs practical like what do i need to do applied right yeah and it's holistic as well because it's the mind it's, you know, mindset, what we were talking about as well, but then also some physical things as well. And it doesn't need to be super complex. It's like, how do you keep it simple and implementable for busy people that really want to thrive? So yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And you know, the way that books are evolving right now too, you don't need to go down the traditional publishing route. You don't have to have 300 pages. It could be as short or as long as you think it needs to be, right? Like if you can give somebody something valuable that they can use straight away and they can like, Oh, I can do like five assessments and figure out which route I need to go down. And that's what I love about books. They're life-changing. There are many books that have changed my life. And I want to be able like, okay, so someone says I can't afford, and I get it a lot. Like I have a free Facebook group and I try to help people a lot through that, but they have to actually sit down and do the work. And they still message me in the back end. They say, well, how do I solve this? I said, look at the video. And then I think if I had like something tangible to hand to them that they could actually walk away with and you know rather than being on the computer or or the thing they actually physically look into it and be like okay let me do these exercises and the book is designed for you to write all over it like write you know tick things off you know there's affirmations in there like all like daily affirmations recipes like so it's packed full of it's same thing it's like about mind body and spirit because Mm -hmm. I do feel we could focus on the body, we can focus on the mental health, but if we're not focusing on purpose, what lights us up, right. you know, those things you're missing out, you're missing a big, big trick. And even like some sort of energy type practices, like how do you, you know, Qigong, you
1: yeah. know, Reiki. I do that every morning in my morning planning oh, as well. Yeah, it's, it's a great really way to get into the body as well. So yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. After, so, so it's all these up. things, Tai Chi, <laughs> Qi, Qigong, things like that, like, like incorporating mm-hmm. all of that into the work, like how to build energy and even trying to direct people like the type of healer you might need, you know, mm-hmm. just sort of giving them that direction. And I think it's very, very important for us to have like these manuals. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm, it's called become the CEO of your health. That's a new one, become the CEO of your health. And it's a manual. Mm-hmm. It is it's it. literally a DIY. I said, don't DIY your health, but do that first. And if it doesn't work, then come see me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people follow what you're up to, Raewon? we can obviously mark this, the show notes, social media, your website. What are your handles?
2: Yeah. So I would actually like to gift your listeners something today. So oh, I you. have a five-day mini course. It's a series of five videos. They're not very long. 10 minutes is the longest, but it's all around the gut-brain connection. And by the end of it, the idea is that you're going to be reducing anxiety. You're going to be hopefully calming down whatever fire is going on inside of your gut as well just for some simple tips around like what to eat and that kind of thing. So I'd love to be able to give to people that. So it's on well-works.co. And if you go to services, it's under free mini course. So there's like a little services tab and you click on that and there's like a free mini course and you can sign up for it.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much. I think that that's excellent. I'm going to check it out myself and have a look. And so that's your website. And then for social media to track what you're up to, are you on Facebook or Instagram? Yeah. So
2: I have a wonderful Facebook group. Anyone's welcome to join. You know, I said, part of my mission is awakening people to the innate wisdom of the body. And the goal around that is so that we can create a well world. So I have well world. So it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash well works world. And yeah, all one word. So very easy spot to come and hang out, share lots of videos in there. Lots of great discussions happen in there too. And I show up
1: every now and then. I come in once a week or once every two weeks and do a live. huh. Fabulous. Yeah. We'll link everything in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have any final ask or recommendation or any parting thoughts or message for my audience? Prevention
2: is better than cure. Always, always my mantra. And the best investment you'll
1: ever make is in yourself. Mm-hmm. To quote Warren Buffett, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> amazing thank you so much for coming on again and yeah look forward to continuing the conversation yeah thank you so much this has been a lot of fun and i hope it inspires and empowers
0: people me too hi everyone this is cloudy again before you take off would you like to get a short email from me with some short but sweet fun tips tricks and updates on all things longevity and lifestyle This could be cool products that I've discovered, interesting posts or articles I've read and other fun and helpful things around longevity and lifestyle I've found for you. It's a very short piece of inspiration for you a few times a month. So if you want to receive it, check it out by going to longevity-and-lifestyle.com. That's longevity-and-lifestyle.com. And leave your email to sign up for the next one.